Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 174. When was the last time you sat before the Lord? Welcome to today's adventures when it comes to looking at the life of King David. We've spent, what now, probably at least a year looking at the life of David. Uh, He began not as king of Israel, but he began as, well, a shepherd boy. And God chose him. God sent Samuel, the prophet, to anoint him. And it was many years later that David saw the fulfillment of the promise that God had given to him. And so we've walked with David, and if you haven't walked with us, excuse me, if you haven't walked with us, you can go back through the other episodes and check them out. Information is should be on whichever podcast platform that you are listening on now. In the very beginning episodes, which we talked about the book of Joshua, those are in the what I call the hidden episodes, and the link is in the show notes. We've been walking our way through the life of King David. And last week, we talked about the incredible way that God flipped the script on David. David wanted to build a house for God. And now he knew that he couldn't contain God, the omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing God. But he wanted to set aside, he wanted to build a house for the Ark of the Covenant, which is where the presence of God resided with Israel. And we talked two weeks ago about the fact that that was not God's plan. It was David's plan, and David's heart was in the right place. And then Nathan the prophet just kind of said, well, roll with it because God is blessing you. But that really wasn't God's plan at that time. We talked about the importance of always asking for God's guidance, for God's wisdom as we make decisions. Because what seems right to man is not always what is God's plan. And as we looked last week and we were talking about how that what David had dreamed that he would do for God was just like one tiny grain of sand in a a beach full of blessings that God had for David. So the dreams that David had for himself and what he was going to do were so tiny in comparison to the huge plan that God had for David. And so we talked about the Davidic covenant, which affects you and I because Jesus was a part of that Davidic covenant, that covenant that God made with David saying, I am going to bless your line and you will always have someone on the throne from your lineage. And David having no way, even when God tells him, he has no no scope, no, no way to even wrap his mind around the fact that the Savior of the world, the Messiah, would come through his line. We know that because we are looking at it from this direction. We have a different perspective, but that wasn't where David was. 
But how David responds to this news, as much as he can understand it, he knows that God is blessing him in mighty, mighty ways and that God is blessing his descendants. And how David responds to that is a simple phrase that is 2 Samuel 7, 18. It says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed. And so our main focus this week will be about the whole idea of sitting before the Lord. When we see that when David went in, more than likely it was into a tabernacle. It was, we as New Covenant Christian people who have the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside of us, if we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we're spoiled. And sadly, we so often forget how blessed we are that wherever we go, the Holy Spirit of the living God is with us, that we can stop and and speak to Him at any point, day or night, no matter where we are in the world, the Holy Spirit is there. But in David's time, you went to a place God's presence was there. And it wasn't like the Holy Spirit lived inside. Now the Spirit of the Lord had come upon David. And usually the Spirit of the Lord, when it came to Old Testament times, came upon somebody for a specific task, but did not stay with them. David did have the Spirit of the Lord with him. But he went in and sat before the Lord and prayed. And we're going to spend the majority of our time just kind of walking down these verses and thinking about how they can apply to you and I. But we're going to talk, when it comes to the application, about when was the last time you sat before the Lord? No technology, no interruptions, just sat before the Lord. And your weekly assignment is going to be to set aside at least 30 minutes this week to sit before the Lord. Sometimes you see on social media, if you're on social media, sometimes you see questions about if you had 30 minutes and you had the ability to sit with anybody who's ever lived, who would you want to sit down with and talk? And there are so many different answers. You know, people that are like modern day celebrities. There are historical figures. Usually Jesus gets thrown into the midst. <laughs> and, and you have all of these different options. If you were to get the opportunity to sit for a while with someone, who would you want to sit with? And yet you and I, if we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we literally could sit 24-7 in His presence. We could ask Him the most difficult questions ever posed. But do we? I know we don't sit 24-7. I got that we have lives and we've got to keep moving. 
But there is such a thing as practicing the presence of the Lord. But do you even sit 24 minutes in a week in the presence of the Lord? Where you give Him your full, undivided attention. David had just gotten the most miraculous promise really ever given. Um, and what he chose to do was to go sit with the Lord, sit in front of the Lord, and to pour out his heart, his heart of praise, praising God for who he is, thanking him for what he had done and was going to do, and acknowledging who David was in comparison to the Lord of Heaven's armies. So let's jump into this. And then we'll come back to the application point. So we said in 18, It was then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? So what you're going to see as you go through the scriptures, you're going to see David repeatedly refer to God as sovereign Lord. And from the original uh, from the original Hebrew, this would have been Jehovah Adonai the majority of the time. And then in 22 and 25, it was Jehovah Elohim. Talking about the fact that this is the God who reigns. This is the God of all power. And David, in this short set of verses, his prayer acknowledges repeatedly that he is sitting with the Sovereign Lord, the Lord of Lords, the one and only. David acknowledges in his time that he has the privilege to sit with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When Jesus began his model prayer, in the New Testament, that many people want to take and just repeat the prayer. That being what is referred to in one faith tradition as our Father. It's not meant to be a, we repeat this over and over again prayer. It was meant to be a model. And how that prayer begins is our Father. You know, acknowledging in prayer, whether you are sitting, whether you are kneeling, whether you are standing, whether you are prostrate on the floor, acknowledging whose presence you are in. You are in the presence of the Sovereign Lord. You're in the presence of your Heavenly Father. Says, Who am I, O Sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? David begins by looking at the present. He's looking at what God has done for him. He realizes that he was not from the most affluent family. He was a shepherd boy. Whenever Samuel went to anoint, every one of his brothers were brought before Samuel. And then Samuel looks and goes, isn't there any other? And they said, oh yeah, he's out with the sheep. And he said, go get him. 
And that was God's chosen. Like David has not forgotten that. He says, and now sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. Do you deal with everyone this way, O sovereign Lord? David refers to himself 10 different times in this prayer as God's servant. Not only is he acknowledging whose presence he is in, he is in the presence of the sovereign Lord, but he is acknowledging that he is the Lord's servant. He is humbling himself before the God of the universe, and he is acknowledging that he is here only to be and serve the Lord. Now we know that David did not stay in this posture. We know that David messed up. But we also know that we mess up. But I do believe that we would mess up less and less if we spent more time sitting with the Lord. Can I get an amen? We're never going to become all God created us to be if we don't spend time with the one who created us, the one who gave us purpose, the one who has a plan for our life. A lot of us don't like to read instructions. We just like to, whether it's a bookcase or it's something else, and we just want to just throw away the instructions and just try to build it ourselves. Well, you know, some people are kind of talented at that. And some people, well, it's an absolute disaster. We have been given the instruction book, that being God's holy word. But we have been given an audience, a repeated invitation to sit with the one who gave the instructions the one who knit us together in our mothers when we are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. We have that opportunity, but do we take advantage of it? The New Testament says that we can come boldly to his throne. That does not mean to come with some sort of prideful boldness. It means that we are to be able to become to not become, to come boldly because of the blood of Jesus. That's the only reason that we are able to approach the throne of the sovereign Lord. David was on the other side of Christ's sacrifice. He did not know. He knew there would be a Messiah. He did not know the details, and he surely didn't know that that Messiah would come through his lineage. But we are to come boldly. But in order to come boldly, we have to come. <laughs> we have to sit aside time to sit with him. Verse 20 says, what more can I say to you? You know what your servant, there you go again, is really like sovereign Lord. Because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. You repeatedly hear that language. Now in 22 through 24, he reflects on the past of what God has done. Verse 22, how great you are, O sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. 
We have never even heard of another God like you, nor will we ever, is what should be the rest of that. There is no God like him in a world where David lived, where little g-gods were worshipped all around. To claim that there was no one like his God was a bold statement, but it was the right statement. Because this is the God, the one and only true God, the creator of heaven and earth. Verse 23, what other nation on earth is like your people Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations and gods that stood in their way. You made Israel your very own people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. David is just acknowledging the special relationship that God has with Israel, that God has had with Israel, that God chose to redeem them when they were slaves in Egypt. I am recording this podcast on July 4th of 2022. And so it makes it extra special for me in the fact that this is the day that the United States of America celebrates independence. That's what David was talking about when it came to Israel. Israel was in bondage and God set them free. And not only did he set them free, but he chose them. God loves every human being ever created. But he surely has heaped a whole lot of blessings on the United States of America. And I want to stop just in this moment and tell him thank you. I thank him for the freedoms that we experience. I thank him for the blood that has been shed. I thank him for the sacrifices that so many, not only military, but their family members have given in order to buy our freedom and keep us free. But if we were not for the sovereign Lord, where oh where would we be? And then in 25 through 29, David looks at the future. He says, And now, O Lord God, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirm it as a promise that will last forever. And may your name be honored forever so that everyone will say, The Lord of heaven's armies is God over Israel. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. 27, O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer to you because you have revealed all this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For you are God, O sovereign Lord. Your words are truth, and you have promised these good things to your servant. And now may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you have spoken, and when you grant a blessing to your servant, O Sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. We could spend a lot of time looking at the details of what David is saying. 
David was given a specific promise that is not a promise that we receive. And that would be that his dynasty would continue on. That God would continue and work amazing things through his descendants. And again, David had no idea just how important that promise and the fulfillment of that promise would be in the history of all mankind. But you and I do know. We know that Jesus Christ was a fulfillment of that promise and that you and I have the opportunity to speak to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, because of the sacrifice of a descendant of David, the Lord of Heaven's armies. That's one of my favorite distinctions for God. A few years ago, I pick a one word. I've mentioned this before. I pick one word for every year. And one year, I kind of combined and made two words into one. And that was Jehovah Sabaoth. And that is the Lord of Heaven's armies. Because I needed that particular year to be reminded that God was in control of everything and that he controls heaven's armies. He has legions of angels to do his work. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. And so David had just been given this amazing promise. And as a result, and it also, let me, let me go back and remind you that David received this amazing promise, but David had also been told that what he wanted to do God was not going to let him do. So remember, David wanted to build a house for God. And God said no. said, you're going to have a son and he's going to do it. And so David could have, instead of sitting before the Lord, he could have been sulking in the corner because God said no. God chose not to have any time between his no to David's dream and his yes to the bigger plan. But I wonder how David would have responded if there had been a gap. Because a lot of times we get a no from God and we don't get an automatic yes, I've got something better for you. Even though God does have something better for us or he wouldn't say no. How do we respond not only to really good news, but how do we respond to disappointing closed doors? Do you sit before the Lord when that happens? And when you do have good, good news, do you sit before the Lord and thank Him? I fear that so many times we go tell everybody else But we don't take time to sit before the Lord. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. You know, to be still in the presence of the Lord, I can tell you right now, I'm not really good at being still at this age. You would think that that as I got older, I should be more settled. 
But I think because I'm always multitasking, that it has become more difficult to sit still, including to sit with the Lord. And that concerns me. And that's something that I've been thinking about today. I have got to set aside more time to be still in the presence of the Lord. I do better when I'm in nature and I'm not in my house. I can tell you that. I do better when I don't have so many distractions around me. But I need to be able to be still. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And Isaiah 26, 3, one of my absolute favorite verses. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The whole concept of being still and fixing our thoughts on God. A lot of times we don't live with that peace that passes all understanding, that could guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And I propose to you that one of the reasons we do not experience the peace of God in the way that we can and should is that we do not sit before the Lord. How much time in your prayer time is spent with you doing the talking? And how much time do you sit and allow God's Word or God's Holy Spirit speaking above and beyond His Word, sharing with you truths from His Word, quickening your spirit to have the answers to life's most important questions. If we would sit and listen more than we blabber, how much more peace, how much more wisdom, how much more strength would we have to live out the life that God has called us to. So I challenge you, this week set aside at least 30 minutes to sit before the Lord. And for some of you, you do that. And I am so, you know, like thank you for being an inspiration for us all. But if you're not in that number and you are living everything at a frantic pace, including your, quote, quiet time that is anything but quiet because you never sit still, how about we flip it? How about you sit? How about you focus? How about you be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. How about you be still and know that He is God? How about you trust that He will keep you in perfect peace because you will trust in Him and because you will fix your thoughts on Him?
And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will do great and mighty things in and through us if we will sit. If we will allow His Holy Spirit to move within our spirit, to quicken our hearts and minds, to convict so that we will deal with any sin that is in our life. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear how God uses your sitting time. If you can, you can either email me at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. You can jump into the Facebook group. I promise I will give you permission to be a member. It's encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. Oh, that's the email. Sorry. Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus is a Facebook group as well. And I would love to see more activity in there. Uh, whenever I tried to get some interaction going, uh, that didn't work too well. And so I've kind of laid off on that. But I'm in a place right now that I'm about ready to change that up and just see what God might do. So I would love for you to join me in the group and just let us know. You know, what? what is God teaching you as you are sitting before Him? That's social media question that goes around so often. If you had 30 minutes that you could sit with anybody who has ever lived, who would it be? You have the opportunity to sit much more than 30 minutes with the God of the universe, the one who holds all wisdom. But do you sit? Dear Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your conviction in my heart and in the hearts of every person who is listening. I pray, dear God, that you would get us to a place where we will sit with you. Dear God, remind us of the benefits. Remind us of the privilege that we have because we have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of us. Dear God, please, please, please. Draw us to yourself. Help us to put aside the distractions and to sit with you and experience your presence. Experience your peace. Experience your healing. Learn from you. Allow you to strengthen us. I thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. I ask that you take a moment, go on whichever podcast platform you're listening on and give us a review. I would love to see you share this with others because there is not one person excuse me, who doesn't need a reminder. I don't care if you've been walking with Christ for 70 years. We all need a reminder to sit with Him a bit more. 
And oh, how God will use that. So thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk again next week. And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <music>